0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith.
2: Hello, and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith. And thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. And then for today, we have a show about self acceptance. And uh, this is um, certainly uh, not a fixed state or a stagnant state. Self acceptance is something that is a part of every moment, it's part of life, as natural as breathing. And something that, you know, it, there are times in life that self-acceptance comes really easily. You know, times when we're, we're in the flow and things are going our way and we're at the top of our game, so to speak. And then there are other times where self-acceptance can uh, maybe pose a bit more of a challenge. Times when we're feeling challenged things in ourselves, aspects of ourselves that maybe aren't our favorite, at times when maybe we're under the influence of addictions, or uh, we have struggles with our faith, or we are having struggles in relationship, or just the vast things that come to us as part of our life, our daily life when we see things reflected to us all around and we have our thoughts and our attitudes and our judgments and all the all the many thoughts and impressions that we take in through our senses. So clearly, you know, self-acceptance is easy when you're in a positive flow and things are going your way and then a little more challenging when we're going through those, those challenges in life. So I'm going to look at things from... A wide perspective, and hopefully everyone will be able to kind of uh, slide in at a level that is appropriate for you, try to give some tips and how we can cultivate self-acceptance and some ways that we can shift our attitudes towards being more accepting of ourselves and then accepting of others. And, you know, I liked something, the idea of self-acceptance as being um a gift that you can give to the world you imagine you imagine people often have thoughts and feelings about you know how can i make a contribution what can i do to make the world a better place and sometimes the simplest things we can do are the most effective and having a positive attitude and living your life from a place of self-acceptance is a way to make a great contribution to the world. That's a nice feeling coming off of a person that has true, authentic self-acceptance. And, you know, self-accepting ourselves unconditionally, you know, despite what we might call our deficiencies, I think this would be an automatic outcome, if we grew up in environments that were positive, and if our parents conveyed predominantly positive message about who we are. But if that wasn't really the way that you grew up, then really we need on our own to learn how to validate ourselves. Not to look to others for validation, but to validate yourself and Self-acceptance is really a prerequisite to experiencing a state of personal fulfillment and a and really peace of mind. And Robert Holden, uh, in his book Happiness Now, he suggests that happiness and self-acceptance go hand in hand with the idea that your level of self-acceptance really determines your level of happiness. So, and the more self-acceptance you have, then the more happiness you're able to accept and the more happiness you can receive and enjoy. So in that sense, it's as if we enjoy as much happiness as we believe we are truly worthy of. And more than anything else, really, cultivating self-acceptance requires that we develop more self-compassion. It's only when we can better understand and really pardon ourselves, if you like, for things that we have assumed must have been our fault, then we can really secure a supportive, loving relationship with ourselves. So that sense of letting go of things that we may blame ourselves for but to become more self accepting begin to appreciate that ultimately we're not really to blame for anything. You know, whether it's your looks or your intelligence or even the more questionable behaviors that you, you might wonder about. You know, our actions have been compelled by a combination of our upbringing and our biology. And as we go forward... You know, we certainly should take responsibility for the ways that we have maybe mistreated ourselves or mistreated others. But really, if we're to really effectively work on becoming more self-accepting, then we really have to have the ingredients of compassion and forgiveness. Those are our best companions on the path of self-acceptance, compassion and forgiveness. And how that can show up towards ourselves and towards other people or towards situations and circumstances, towards groups of people, towards governments, towards organizations, towards things that we see in life where we feel there is great injustice even. You know, self-acceptance is a really broad experience. And I don't think that there's anything that we sense or experience that's really outside of that. Because it is all our own experience, whatever it is. Your opinions, your thoughts, your feelings. It's all about you and your own internal environment. What you perceive and receive is going on outside of you and how you internalize that and and experience that. You know, forgiving ourselves and evolving to a state of unconditional self-acceptance. We really need to have that attitude of self-pardon. You know, to forgive ourselves for the things that are real that happened and the things that we just imagine in our mind. And then oftentimes people find that there really isn't anything that they need to forgive. That it's all just part of the life experience. And I like there's some um, thoughts that uh, Dr. Leon Seltzer shares about the difference between self-acceptance and self-esteem and the difference between self-acceptance and self-improvement. And I uh, adapted some of his ideas that I want to share with you. And recognizing that self-acceptance is not the same as self-esteem can be an important thing to understand because self-esteem really refers to how the idea of of how valuable you are or or worthwhile, how you see yourself that way in terms of your value. Whereas self-acceptance is more of a global affirmation of the self, taking everything into consideration. So when we're more self-accepting, then we're able to embrace all of the facets, facets of ourselves, not just the positive, more if you like, estimable parts. So in that way, self-acceptance is unconditional and free of any kind of qualification. It's not based on your value or your worth or what your contribution is. It's based on who you are in your essence. You know, we can recognize our weaknesses and our limitations and our shortcomings. But this awareness doesn't need to interfere with our ability to really fully accept ourselves. So if you genuinely want to improve your self-esteem, then you need to explore the aspects of yourself that maybe you haven't yet been able to accept. Because ultimately liking ourselves more, or if you like letting go of self-criticism, is totally related to self-acceptance. So it's only when we stop judging ourselves that we can really have a more positive sense of who we are. And then self-esteem will just naturally rise. As soon as we stop being so hard on ourselves Now, self-acceptance involves far more than self-esteem. And that's why it's really so um, critical, if you like, so much of a foundation for our happiness and our state of well-being. And then as well, self-acceptance has nothing to do with self-improvement. Because self-acceptance is not about fixing anything. The process of self-acceptance is just simply to acknowledge who you are, which includes all of your strengths and your weaknesses, the successes and the not-so-successful adventures as well. All of it, all of life experience. And then sometimes if we're just focusing on self-improvement, can make self-acceptance seem conditional. Because if you think of it this way, if you can't ever really feel totally secure or good enough, as long as your self-regard depends on constantly being better, becoming better, improving, then there's no self-acceptance in the here and now. It can't be something that's oriented towards the present. or the idea of I'll be okay when, or as soon as I accomplish this, or I'll be okay when I have, have that, then self-acceptance would be very conditional. But self-acceptance is really about being okay with who you are right now, in the present moment, with no qualifications. And it's not really about ignoring or denying, if you like, your faults or your frailties or your behaviors that you may consider less than perfect. But it's really about viewing all of these things as not really relevant to self-acceptance. So that we can be okay with who we are in the present and not see ourselves as faulty, but that we can accept ourselves just as we are. Because you are the one that sets the standards for your self-acceptance. So when we decide to stop grading ourselves or keeping score with ourselves, then it's easier to adapt an attitude of non-conditional forgiveness. Now, when we stop assessing and reassessing, and instead we have more of a compassionate understanding of our past behaviors, that's when we usually find that there's really nothing to forgive. You know, we can vow to do better in the future, and we can accept ourselves exactly as we are today, regardless of whatever it is that you might think that you really want to um, improve or involve, whatever you might consider or label as shortcomings. You know, and I, I know I've had experiences in my life where because of my thinking and my own attitudes, I would have judged myself for something that I did, and how that reflection in the mind that critical thinking at the level of the mind can really, um, if you like, uh, flavor your experience in the present so that you're not really seeing things as they really are in the present because you're seeing through that filter, if you like, of self-criticism or judgment. And I don't know, I'm assuming, you know, human beings pretty well operate in similar ways. You know, um, there's certainly... uh, experiences that I've had in my life that come into my mind from time to time. And I know that it's my um, in my best interest to find ways to shift my attitude about experiences that I might have judged as, you know, that I behaved badly or it was critical or I made a bad judgment or I was short-sighted in my thinking or in my decision. And I know for some people, these experiences can come up and really be in the way in the present, where you're not able to make the choices you want to make in the present because of a sense of still blaming yourself or carrying burdens from things that you had done in earlier times. So self-acceptance is really a very important and critical piece, really, to to peace and to happiness and to the opportunity to really be the best version of yourself in the here and now. You know, so it's really possible to accept and love ourselves and still be committed to a lifetime of personal growth. You know, accepting ourselves as we are today doesn't mean that we'll be without the motivation to make changes or improvements that will make us more effective or may enrich our lives and contribute to the lives of others, it just really means that our self-acceptance is in no way tied to the experience of evolving. So We don't really have to do anything to secure our self-acceptance. We just need to adjust the way that we look at ourselves. And then changing our behavior really becomes a matter of personal preference, but not really a prerequisite for greater self-regard. It's really really about coming from a different place. You know, if self-acceptance is something that we have to earn and a result of working hard on ourselves, then it's conditional. And anything that's conditional is always at risk. But the ongoing job, if you like, of accepting ourselves can never be completed. You know, even if you are scoring an A-plus in whatever you're doing, we're using a scale to rate ourselves, which can often only offer us temporary, a temporary sense of relief from striving. But the message that you're giving yourself is that you're only as worthwhile as your latest achievement. And in that way, then you can, you know, you would always feel that you never really arrived at a position of self acceptance. Because we inadvertently defined our quest for self acceptance as everlasting. So when we come to a place of giving ourselves unqualified approval through developing greater self compassion, And focusing more on accentuating our positive aspects rather than dwelling on what we would judge as negatives, then we can forgive ourselves for what we might refer to as our shortcomings. And then also we can relinquish our need for approval from others. Because we behave very differently. We behave very differently when our focus is on trying to be, do, or say the right things to get someone else's approval. That's very different from just being yourself. Now, we've all made mistakes, and that's just part of the natural learning curve of our journey. Yet our essence and our true identity, well, it always outshines whatever mistakes we may have made. There's really no reason why we can't decide right now or in any given moment to really transform our fundamental sense of who we are and then we might need to remind ourselves that our various uh, shortcomings or weaknesses as we might call them are just part of what makes us human on this journey of accepting the truth you know of the full spectrum of who we are as spiritual beings embarking on a human adventure now some might suggest then if we if we were beyond criticism, that we wouldn't have the opportunity to rise to this uniquely human challenge of self-acceptance. Uniquely human. Hmm. That's quite different from saying, oh, I'm only human. I can't help it. I'm only human. Hmm. But to think of that we are uniquely human, hmm. spiritual beings embarking on a human adventure, We all suffer. We all suffer to greater or lesser degrees, really, from the consequences of being self-critical. And people often wonder how they can make a difference in the world, and for sure, self-acceptance is is perhaps one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the world. And no amount, really, of self-improvement can make up for a lack of self-acceptance. So you can either improve your ego, or you can let go of your ego and accept yourself. Because without self-acceptance, then peace really isn't possible. But when there's self-acceptance, then peace is a natural outcome. Without self-acceptance, there's no happiness. Yet with self-acceptance, then happiness is a natural outcome. You know, wisdom isn't judgment. Wisdom comes from relinquishing judgment. So whenever you judge anyone or anything, then really you are the one that experiences the ill effects of the judgment. So when you're angry at your mother, as an example, even though you're thinking about your mother, it's your own nervous system that feels the anger. And if you're upset with your partner, it's really your mind and your body that will be unsettled. So, you know, at times judgment may seem difficult to give up because in some way you think that judgment will give you the peace that you want. To give up judgment, it's good to realize that nothing good will ever possibly come from judgment. Well, except of course the opportunity to give up judgment—that's a good thing that can come from judgment. And it doesn't matter if the judgment's towards yourself or towards another person or towards others. Judgment will never make you safe; it just perpetuates fear. And another perspective, really, is to recognize that your judgments are most often based purely on your opinions. And your opinions, although they're true for you, they're not necessarily true for whatever situation or person you may be judging. So even the judgments that we make about ourselves are not necessarily based on truth, but really on your opinion. And I'm sure we've all, in many different ways, experienced something like that, where you're judging yourself inside for Uh, some way that you were or something you didn't do or you thought you should have called somebody or gone to do this or whatever, only later to find out that that other person had no thought of that at all or maybe thought totally and felt totally the opposite to whatever you were judging yourself about with regard to them. I've certainly had that happen to me and isn't that a a great experience to um, reveal It's a it's a revelation in that it shows, it shows the um, short sightedness sometimes of our judgments and our opinions that we have going on inside of ourselves that they don't really match the reality outside of ourselves. You know, a good place really to begin is to just stop judging yourself for the judgments that you make. You know, most judgments are fear based. And clearly the intent is to live and perpetuate a love-based reality, not a fear-based reality. And you can start just with simple things like being mindful of the little judging and comparing and assessing thoughts that might randomly come into your mind as you just go about your daily life just doing the daily tasks of living. Love and fear are at opposite ends of the spectrum. So by making a commitment to cultivate a more loving outlook on life, then the judging mind will begin to dissolve. You know, when your judging mind realizes that you're no longer interested in its contribution, then it will naturally dissolve on its own. Because after all, if you have um, a a tendency towards... um, having more of a judging mind, or worrying more, being more negative. um, You've programmed your mind to give you those types of thoughts by your interest in that type of thinking. So if you change your mind, which I encourage you to do, um, then your mind will catch on, that you're no longer interested in those kinds of thoughts, and will then start to give you thoughts that are more positive in nature, more along the line of what it is that you are showing a new interest in. You know, in a really simple approach, you could just ask yourself, do I love or do I judge? And which one really do you value? You know, we've all been under the influence of thinking that judgment would give us what we wanted and needed. However, we do know our senses tell us that there's no love or peace or happiness or even true satisfaction in judgment. And another thing that's uh, really an important factor here is really about your feelings. And I have some information here on the, the to share with you on the rule of feelings and self-acceptance that have been adapted from the book of Self-Mastery, which is... Uh, by Life Coach Hugh Del Conzo. And he speaks about the language of feelings as being your intuitive self. You know, really, our uncomfortable feelings are messages that something's out of harmony in ourselves. You know, when we resist or we repress or we deny our feelings, then we're in denial, really, of who we are. And there's no self-acceptance in denial. No self-acceptance in denial. So I have a few tips here from uh, a, just a few tips here on, you know, things that we can do to help ourselves cultivate more of that sense of accepting ourselves and accepting our lives and accepting our reality you know learning to accept who we are it can be one of the hardest things to follow through on but it's definitely most rewarding Now, it's really easy to look in the mirror and to point out most of your insecurities. It's easy to do that. But I encourage you, you know, try that exercise. You know, look in the mirror and count all the things that you're thankful for. You know, we all have natural beauty. We all have natural talents and ways of contributing and a beautiful spirit that shines through us. So... Look in the mirror and look for that. And another encouragement is to realize, you know, realize that we all have areas that we might think of as imperfections or less than the way we would like something to be perhaps, but really to accept yourself is to let go of those things, you know, they can be little things like are you bossy or are you too critical or do you think you're lazy or perhaps you might think you don't have many friends because you're shy. You know, really the list could go on. But at some point it's good to find out, you know, what, what, what's on that list. Maybe you don't have what you want, but make the list whether you actually write it out or just do it in your mind, and then just let go of it. Because that really is another key step to accepting who you are. Accept things the way they are. And be honest with yourself. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things for us to do. You know, in many societies where the focus really is on encouraging us to strive for success. And often we look for praise as the way of acknowledging the success. And then we take criticism as a negative thing. So we shy away from seeing anything about ourselves that would really elicit that kind of a reaction. But be honest with yourself as part of the experience of self-acceptance. Because really, it's only through being honest that you can live an authentic life and be authentically who you are, or even discover who you are. And then also you want to recognize if your coping mechanisms are ineffective. You know, ask yourself if what you're currently doing to cope with the stresses of your life are working for you. And if not, then you want to cultivate some new approaches. Certainly meditation techniques or other relaxation techniques can really work wonders. As well as the basic things, reading, writing, and arithmetic. No, no, no. Exercise and recreation and good sleeping habits and good eating habits. You really want to replace old methods that you use to deal with situations and problems with new ones that are going to deliver you more positive results. So changing old behaviors can be just as difficult as recognizing them because it can take time and determination, really, to replace old habits and behaviors. But the payoff is worth it. So it's the same thing as the example with the mind. You know, if you start to let your mind know that you're no longer interested in its old types of thoughts, then slowly your mind will come around. But it's the same thing with changing behaviors. It takes that consistency of making the new behaviors again and again, choosing them newly again and again to really make change that's lasting. You know, you can make short lists for yourself. So, once you've accepted and through the process of accepting yourself, you can change things if you want to. Or you can just accept and move forward and not make changes. Really, the choice is yours depending on what it is you want for yourself. So, you could really use that approach of making lists of what it is you want to achieve and how you will retrieve it. And the most important thing with that, obviously, is to make lists that are achievable. That's a good recipe for success. Really, taking on several things at once is not a good recipe for success. So when you have your list, then prioritize it. Decide what you need to work on in order of importance. You know, and often changing one thing will cause other things to fall into place, kind of like that domino effect. And we want to avoid that common You know, we when we do things over and over again, you know, um, as an example, you know, whatever happened in the past happened in the past. And you can't change the history of that, but you can change what you do in the present, which affects things from then on. So you might want to avoid doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And really learning to accept life the way it is. It's really our attitude about life that that's really what makes it hard. So be the best that you can be and and feel good about who you are. You know, that's really the key for yourself. Be the best that you can be and to feel good. Imagine that feeling good about who you are rather than hmm, the tendency towards the tendency towards struggling and suffering and judging. These are just tendencies that we have. And, you know, it's like um, uh, like the child, disciplining the child, the mind. The mind really is like a young child that way uh, in many ways. And the importance of being able to discipline your mind, to let your mind know what it is that you really want and you know it won't take long. your mind will come round to supporting what it is that you uh, that you're interested in. You know and I started to mention about the language of feelings, and you know that's really um, if you like, a yin or a yielding energy. And many people are disconnected from more resistant to connecting to the feeling energy. You know, that yin energy, it's nurturing and intuitive and sensitive energy that all human beings possess. We all, that's all part of us. Yet, generally speaking, our society rewards us for repressing our feelings. You know, as a result, we think that we have little incentive or motivation to learn how to feel our feelings. But those feelings are important because they're the messages that are sent by your higher self to help you feel your way through life. So as you learn how to interpret the meaning of your feelings, and the meaning that your feelings are trying to convey, then you'll begin to feel deeper levels of self-acceptance. So the challenge that most of us have with processing our feelings is that we're trying to process them through our thinking mind. And you can't think your feelings. You either feel them or you end up repressing them with your thoughts. So we want to be mindful of that. Watch out for that. Ask yourself, you know, am I feeling my feelings or am I processing them with my thinking mind? Because you can't think your feelings. You either feel them or you end up repressing them with thoughts. So when your higher self sends you an intuitive message, as an example, such as frustration, it's trying to communicate to you that something you're doing or something that you're not doing is really out of harmony with your life purpose. So if you try to think about what you're feeling, then you'll simply look at all your history from your mind. And your mind is flooded with Pre recorded thoughts from your personal history. So, in an attempt really to feel safe and secure and sane, your mind is going to remember similar situations from your past. Let's use an example. You know, if your past relationships were filled with heartache, then your mind, in an attempt to keep you from experiencing pain, will create evidence that your ego needs to believe that your new relationship will also cause you pain. And then your mind will try to tell you with thoughts of, you know, fill you with thoughts of how you should feel about the new relationship. When we're afraid to feel our feelings, whether consciously or unconsciously, then we're experiencing fear. We experience the fear that emotional denial creates you know, and sometimes fear surfaces as something other than what it actually is. So whether it's blame or guilt or indifference, your fear can really block what you're feeling. And because your real feelings are blocked, then your mind kind of transmutes it into something else. So as an example, if you're feeling angry and you were conditioned to believe that you're not allowed to be angry then you might change the anger into something more acceptable like blame or even sadness. And then that blocked energy will never make you feel better because nothing is going to change until you actually accept it for what it is. But when you begin to allow yourself really to feel your feelings then you may discover that you were really upset for the reason that your ego mind suggested. You know, your ego, that part of your mind is, it constantly tries to justify your thoughts to make you right. You know, your mind can mm, make people who triggered you emotionally, it could make them into the enemy just to justify your anger and convince you that you... That you need to protect yourself is reasonable. But before you allow yourself to feel your feelings, then you're just a slave to your mind. And you're not feeling your feelings, you're just thinking your feelings. Yet when we can feel our feelings, it takes us a much, much further down the road of self acceptance to just accept who we are and how we are and what we feel and what we don't feel. Because without that, we often misuse our relationships to rationalize our behaviors so that then we're right and then the other person's wrong. And we learn these things as, as children in order to survive. And then many of these old sort of ways of surviving and defenses, these childlike ways, prevent us really from creating mature relationships. You know, when we defend ourselves, then we really alienate other people, other people that we love and those people that love us. And often people, you know, through a series of failed relationships learn that that kind of behavior is just justifying and rationalizing, which creates, if you like, rational lies, things that aren't true. Because the language of your feelings, it can teach you that by feeling your feelings, you can let go of upsets, and you can let go of the emotional trauma from the past. And through that, then you're able really to move forward. Move forward with self-acceptance. Move forward in an open, positive way and develop mature, loving relationships and deeper levels of satisfaction. You know, uh, Arthur Rubinstein. there's a little quote here, he says, Of course there is no formula for success, except perhaps as an unconditional acceptance of life and what it brings. You know, part of the real beauty of life is that it is unpredictable. You know, nothing's permanent, everything's changing. And, you know, a lot of things happen uh, that can, can really transform who you are and have an impact on your life. But we really need to cultivate that ability to truly accept whatever comes and and embrace it. You know, imagine developing the habit of looking at whatever happens through a positive mindset instead of a negative mindset. You know, naturally, you know, life is going to bring challenges. That's a natural thing. That's just part of living. (laughs) And sometimes it comes in the form of illness or the death of a close loved one or uh, challenges at work or whatever they are. And it's not always easy to embrace our life experiences when we're suffering and when we're wishing that those things would never have happened. But if we start cultivating acceptance in our lives, and we can do that right now, then, well, we'll we'll likely cope better in the future with a crisis. We're going to cope in a different way. And we're going to view things from a different perspective. We will be accepting our life experiences rather than resisting them. Deepak Chopra, in his uh, book, The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success, he describes how we need to receive with open arms. What happens to us? Because if we fight and we resist, then we just generate a lot of turbulence in our minds, and we all know how to do that. But he explains that we might want things to be different in the future, but in the present moment, we need to accept things the way that they are. And that's the way that you can make your life flow more smoothly instead of roughly That's a way that you can have better self-regard and self-esteem and self-acceptance. You know, you might discover that you are happier and more peaceful when you accept what happens instead of constantly fighting to change things. You know, acceptance is a choice. And sometimes it's a hard choice. But it is, it is a choice. And in the end, it's really a choice that only we can make. And with the choice to accept things, then your perspective about your life circumstances is naturally going to change. And that can open you really into the experience of, of grace. And because in every life experience, there is always an energy of grace, is always present there. And through the experience of acceptance, you're more able to receive the energy of grace that's there in our experiences, in all of our experiences, not just the good ones or the bad ones or all the different types in between, but all the experiences. Because really, in, in every tragedy, there is tremendous growth and room for growth and goodness. I certainly have experienced that time and time again with myself personally. In regard to my relationship with my son and raising my son, there were so many things that happened that there was just so many blessings within experiences that seemed to be not very pleasant, yet levels of acceptance, acceptance of the experiences and acceptance of self, was able really to bring such goodness to experiences that may have only been seen as, as tragic and things to be concerned about or things to give you a tendency to want to worry for things in the future. But I love that opportunity to look for the blessings and things and how it can really bring a kind of a goodness and a fullness of heart and spirit that's so valuable for yourself in the moment and for the ways that it can continue to serve you. Looking for the positive, your mind naturally becomes peaceful even in the middle of what you might think of as tragedy. Yet when you fight against it, you're miserable. And you might feel like you're really fighting against the universe. So acceptance really is a key to transforming momentary pleasure into lasting fulfillment. And it can be the deciding factor between feeling happy, feeling happy, and actually being happy. Imagine the experience of, it's like the difference between feeling your feelings and thinking your feelings. Mm -hmm. The difference between feeling happy and actually being happy, that it's a state of being. Beautiful. So really the recipe, two parts love, two parts acceptance, (laughs) the recipe for self-acceptance really, you can think of some of the ingredients of that really that we've talked about today is certainly letting go of judgment and focusing on the positive aspects of your life experiences. and forgiving yourself and or forgiving others for both real things and imagined things. That was a big uh, shift for me when I realized that there were a lot of things that were just imagined that were going on in my mind as well, and learning to make a distinction between things that are both real and imagined, suffering that is real and imagined. Hmm. Grievances that are real and imagined, heartache that is real and imagined. It could just go on. It's a good. It's a good. Um, a good gauge. A good way to look, check to check yourself about what's really going on in your reality. To check for both things that are real and things that are imagined. And being honest with yourself about who you are and about how you are. Can go a long way. A great ingredient in the recipe of self acceptance. And yes, allowing yourself to feel your feelings rather than just thinking your feelings. That can be a really powerful uh, shift in perspective. And something to ask yourself, am I just thinking my feelings or am I actually feeling them? When you feel your feelings, that energy of your feelings is something that's in motion. And when you feel the feelings, then the energy moves through you and then you're on to the next moment and the next feeling. But when you think your feelings... That's something that's very cyclical. It just goes round and round and round. That's like the little rodent running round and round in the cage, in the little wheel, getting exercise. So you're getting your your um, mind is getting great exercise, thinking your feelings, which doesn't change anything. It doesn't move the energy through you, and you just go round and round and round in your mind. That's a kind of situation where... Um, There's no resolve even with feelings, and when there's no resolve, then there's no opportunity to move forward in whatever direction is right for you based on whatever the message is that the feeling was there for to begin with. Remember, your feelings are a way of your higher self communicating with you about what is true for you on your path. So we want to be feeling our feelings, not just thinking them. And making, accepting the mistakes, if you like. Accepting mistakes is just a natural progression in how we learn and how we evolve is another important ingredient in the recipe for self-acceptance. Accepting mistakes as a natural progression of how we learn and how we evolve. And then also compassion. Compassion towards the self, <laughs> compassion towards your past, compassion towards your life experiences, and the things that really shape your reality. There's just some of the things that we can think about to take with you in terms of a recipe for self uh, self-acceptance, Ba-ba-ba, letting go of judgment. Focusing on the positive aspects of your life experience. Forgiving yourself and others for both things that are real and imagined. Being honest with yourself about who you are. And allowing yourself to feel your feelings, not just think your feelings. Accept your mistakes as a natural progression of how we learn and evolve. And cultivate self-compassion. But just as we close out the show today, I want to share with you a little uh, poem or prose, if you like, from Robert Holden's book, Happiness Now. I am willing now to accept I am not my fears. I am willing now to accept that I am not unworthy. I am willing now to accept that I am not guilty. I am willing now to accept I am free. Through forgiveness I am free to enjoy peace. Through forgiveness I am free to enjoy myself. Through forgiveness, I am free to enjoy happiness. I am willing now to forgive and be free. I am willing now to forgive and be happy. I am willing now to forgive and be free. I am willing now to forgive and be happy. Self-acceptance. I am willing now to accept myself. I thank you so much for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever-grateful host. Leah Brenda Smith. And I hope that the things we shared today can help you on your journey of self-acceptance and, naturally, then, being more accepting of those around us. And remember, self-acceptance can be the greatest gift that you share with the world by being yourself and accepting yourself. The feeling and the energy that comes off of you and that shines through you will be a very positive influence in the world and the environment around you. And it can be kind of catchy. (laughs) You can pave the way, show other people by example of what it's like to live in that place of peace and happiness that comes from self-acceptance. So thanks for tuning in today to come back to Your Senses Radio. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life.
1: We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.